Lord, oh, wow, thank you that you are here with us. You said where two or more would gather, that you would be in our midst. Wow. Talk about the little details. Talk about the thing that we can take for granted and not realize that there is a special manifestation of your presence here among us today. And we are honored to welcome you into our midst. And so, Lord, we give you this time to speak to us. Speak to our hearts, illuminate your word to us, Lord, illuminate your truth to us, illuminate your love to us. And help us to leave here, Lord, closer to you. And, and just better able in your hand to go out into the world and touch others with your love. We thank you for that. Give you the glory and honor. Through Jesus we pray. Amen. And amen. Welcome, Zoomers. Glad to have you with us this morning. Well, don't shout it out. Go ahead and raise your hand if you recognize... This woman. Tom, maybe. Okay. Now, maybe you will recognize her. Look at those eyes. Maybe you will recognize her if I play a little clip of her voice. I'm the good ship. Lollipop, it's sweet trip to a candy shop where bonbons play on the sunny beach in Peppermint Bay. Y'all recognize her now? <laughs> yeah. All right, next, next picture. And there she is. Little Miss Shirley Temple. You could now once you heard the voice, you look at the eyes, you look at the smile, you could see it, couldn't you? Um, not sure exactly when that was, but yes, um, Shirley Temple Black at that time did serve as a U.S. ambassador to two different countries, uh, one to Ghana. Uh, two to Czechoslovakia, and then two uh, the United Nations. She was um, uh, really quite something in her political career that not a lot of people uh, know about. Uh, CareerExplorer.com says this about ambassadors, that they represent the U.S. government in place of the president. Their main job is to promote relations between the two countries. John chapter 13, where we are, I'm going to only cover one verse this morning, but I want you to look at this verse in context of what we've been talking about. John chapter 13, verse 20 says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. I want to title the message this morning, I am an ambassador. Did you realize that this morning? 
We've talked a, a, a bit about identity. If you're following the, the blogs on the webpage, we're talking about identity, who we are in Christ. And one of those things that the scripture says about us followers of Jesus, us who believe in him, that we are ambassadors. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. So this is us, church. This is you. This is me. We are ambassadors. And one of the reasons that this world is seeming more and more foreign to us, right, these days, is because our citizenship lies elsewhere. No, we haven't been there. Yet our hearts, I believe, instinctively long for that place, don't they? That place that we just know is home. Home in the Lord's presence, home where everything operates according to his perfect design. We all long for there, don't we? It's as if for a brief moment when we come to faith in Christ, we're just teleported, you know, right to heaven. We receive our, our citizenship and immediately he sends us back to serve as ambassadors to this world, to our own unique sphere of influence. You realize that, right? Each of us has our own unique sphere of influence. Obviously, we, we interconnect here and there, right? Uh, we all interact with each other. So we're all part of each other's sphere of influence. But, and we have mutual friends, mutual acquaintances, maybe even people work at the same place. But none of us has the exact same sphere of influence, do we? That's the country, if you will, that we're sent to. Sent to promote relations between our true country, where we are citizens, and this one. Sent in place of the president, if you will. God himself making his appeal through us. Be reconciled to me. Wow. Isn't that incredible? This is the great commission that Jesus gave the church, right? How many are in the church? Right? Part of the church, part of the body of Christ. This is us. Go into all the world and share the gospel. Share the good news of Jesus. Right? And make disciples. That wasn't just given to 12 guys. That wasn't just given to the pastor or, or the pastors or the Billy Grahams, the evangelists of the world. That commission was to the church. Again, how many in the church, right? That's our commission. We are all ambassadors from God himself to the world. Can you grab a hold of that this morning? 
Say it with me. I am an ambassador. Ready? I am an ambassador from heaven to earth. Every single one of us, young, old, rich, poor, whatever, whatever our station in life, God's ambassadors. We have a calling. Why? Why is this important? Sometimes I think we forget, we all forget, I'm pointing at myself here too, that there is only one way to the Father. Didn't Jesus say that? Only one way to the Father through me, through Jesus Christ. I might be strange, but I kind of look at it like baseball. Okay? There's only one way to make a home run. You've got to hit all four bases on the way around. You can't just run to third. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna run to third. You can't do that, right? You, you, you can't strike out and say, well, forget you, I'm going to first base anyway. You can't do that. There's one way that the game works. That's the way it was set up. That's the way it was designed. And if you do it differently, you're going to get tossed out of the game, right? But we're not talking about a game. We're talking about life. We're talking about eternal life. We're talking about heaven and hell. We're talking about glory and damnation. But there's only one way. That's the way God set it up. Not this way over here. And oh, maybe this way. And oh, you can do it this way over here. And if you're sincere, you can do it this way. No. No. There's only one way. There is only one who came from heaven took our sin upon himself, died on that cross in our place so that we could be forgiven of our sins and reconciled to God. There is no other way. And if you, if you look comparatively at religions, every other religion has something to do with human effort. Only biblical Christianity says God's done it all. You need to trust in Jesus Christ. You need to trust what he's done for you by faith, right? So everybody else is trying to get in through human effort, through their good deeds, through going to church, through giving in the offerings, through attending Sunday school or knocking on doors or whatever it is, you know, reaching altered states of consciousness or whatever the thing is, right? There's only one way. You and I, along with every other human being on the face of the earth, have sinned against God willfully. Right? Right. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23 says. But in his grace and his mercy, God made a way. Not two ways, not ten ways. He made a way. On the contrary, John 3.18 says this. Whoever does not believe is condemned already. Underline that. Condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. The problem is that we know some very nice people. 
all of us. And, and I think we forget that they are, unless they believe, unless they have embraced the truth, unless they have received Jesus Christ by faith as Lord and Savior, they are, according to Scripture, condemned already. They are heading for a godless eternity, no matter how nice they are. We forget that, don't we? You know, they'll get by. No, they won't. It's kind of like, you know, here, here, here we were. We went around a curve, and, and we, we noticed the bridge was out, right? There it is. The bridge is out, and, and, and we couldn't stop in time, so we opened the door and rolled out and just barely made it. And, and, then, and then we're walking back, you know, to, to, to uh, the gas station or whatever, and we're watching people drive by. We're just waving. The bridge is out. They're probably going to go over. Bye. Have a good day. Right? Condemned already. Life and death eternally. I, I, we need to catch that vision. Not to think that we're better than other people. Not to, you know, wear a sandwich board and beat them over the head with the Bible. But my goodness, they're condemned. They're, 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 they're going into eternity without God. This is forever. Should that not stir our hearts to begin praying for people, to begin saying, God, help me to, to, to try to try something to reverse that condemnation. You and I are ambassadors. You and I have been chosen by God and called. Not to tell them, oh, that you're just wrong in so many words, but to help them best we can. Opportunities that we have to help People find the way, the truth, and the life. And, and, and I share this because this, well, of course, this is how this scripture hit me when, when I read it. But we can all, and me too, become unintentional about the gospel, can't we? Well, there's enough preachers on TV. Well, they've heard it all before. Well, this and that and the other thing. And we become unintentional. I'll just be friendly and talk to my neighbor over the fence, right? I'll just be a nice, nice person. I'll be a decent example. I'll be a good neighbor, try to get along with everybody, try never to give anybody a cause to, for offense or do anybody harm, right? And what's the end result? That other person might say of us, oh, they're a nice person. They're a great neighbor. Wow, just a wonderful person. And end up condemned. And end up on judgment day in a different group than we're in, pointing to us and saying, there's a good neighbor. Being a good neighbor is part of it. Can I say that? 
Being a nice person is part of it. Helping our neighbor is part of it. Being a decent person is part of it. Being an example is part of it. But all of that in the context of being an ambassador, of being light in the darkness, of of embracing that calling as an ambassador of God to the world. Look at the example of the nation of Israel. Here they were chosen by God. God, you know, writes things, <laughs> does things in this book. Uh, even in Hebrews, it says, as an example to us. Here he says, after he, he gets Israel out of Egypt, brings them into the promised land, all this stuff. Exodus 19.6, he says this. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. And a holy nation. You're going to be a whole kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Holy means set apart unto God. Holy means being different in the way that they live their lives because of their close relationship with God. But priests, right? And he's not just talking to ordained professional ministers in the tabernacle or the temple. He says a whole kingdom of priests, everybody being a priest. What does a priest do? Well, boil it down. What does a priest do? A priest helps bring God to the people and bring the people to God. That's what a priest does. Kind of fits with the whole ambassador thing, right? God making his appeal through us. Be reconciled to God. So that was Israel's call. That they would be a nation of priests, to be a a nation of ambassadors, if you will. But what happened in Israel? What happened to the nation of Israel? Well, two things. One, instead of being different... They constantly had a problem of turning their back on God and looking just like the world around them. That's number one, even worshiping other gods. And on the other end of the spectrum, in their zeal to be different, they became spiritually prideful. And you see that attitude all the way into the New Testament uh, when Peter, in the book of Acts, dares to go into the house of a Gentile. How dare you? Go to the house of a Gentile. You know, they, the Pharisees got on Jesus. Look at how he's hanging around with prostitutes and tax collectors and sinners. Right? Their zeal to be different, to be other, to be holy. They took it too far to become prideful and say, I'm better than other people. And why did Peter go to this house? This house of the Roman centurion, right? Because on this historic occasion, he brought the gospel to this household and the Gentiles got saved. As a matter of fact, God made a big thing about it in the scripture and he poured out his Holy Spirit on these Gentiles just the same way he did on the the day of Pentecost to the Jews in the upper room. God was actually accepting and receiving Gentiles as his children. Wow, eye-opening, historic, historic event. 
The point is that somewhere along the line, the nation of Israel forgot who they were. They forgot their calling as a kingdom of priests or ambassadors to the rest of the world. And church, that calling is now ours. Jesus commissioned us, all of us, go into the world, share the gospel. Ours, ours who now have the fullness of the revelation of God, right? Those who know the way, the truth, and the life. Peter, again, First uh, Peter 2, 9 says this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who brought you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And so Peter will go on in, in, in his epistle. He talks about living a life that shines the light. He says in verse 15, but in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord is holy. And, and he adds this, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. The idea here is that that difference in our lives, that difference that we talk about with lay leader, you know, that difference that we have, that we walk in relationship with the Lord on a daily basis and how that affects our lives and how that shines the light to the rest of the world. We should have such a difference of loving one another, of kindness, gentleness, patience, self-control, the fruit of the spirit that people will ask. Why? Why are you different? What's going on in your life? And so we can be prepared to make, give that reason for the hope that is in us. With gentleness and respect. And then Jesus' words in John 13, our text, will come to pass Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. In the next week or two, I want to help equip us, the church, to share the gospel with gentleness and respect. I think that a lot of us... um, maybe don't feel prepared. We don't feel equipped. Hey, ambassadors get training, don't they? So we're going to have some ambassador training uh, to help us to feel comfortable. I want people to feel, God wants people to feel comfortable and confident in sharing the truth with others in a non-threatening, non-judgmental, and non-preachy way. Wouldn't that be a good thing? To be able to engage people in conversation that's not a debate, it's not a judgment, but just talk to people and be eager and willing, find a a willing, listening person to be able to share that truth with. And and, and another thing about our text verse, whoever, you know, receives you, receives me, and, and 
the contrary to that is if they reject you, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me, right? So the, the burden is not on us in that sense, but it's us partnering with the Lord that we might share his good news with the world around it, with our sphere of influence. So what I want to cover, things I want to cover, just to give you kind of a little bit of a taste. Um, first of all, showing ourselves believable. Very important. If you've got a great message in an unbelievable source, it doesn't work too well. Prayer and dependence on the Holy Spirit. Very, very, very key. Uh, finding open doors for conversation. When I was when I was a young Christian, uh, very very new in the Lord, I used to, I was like a bull in a china shop, you know. Hi, how are you? Good. Do you know Jesus? You know, I mean, it was like, you know, just just bang that door open, you know. Anything you could do, and yeah, I was young and and zealous, and I, I had a good heart in it all, but um, didn't it wasn't too effective. And then people would try to change the subject because they got you know, kind of awkward and they try to change the subject and then I would change it back, you know, kind of thing. Um, and backing off when the doors start to close. That's, that's a, you know, that's an important thing that we need. To, okay. That's enough for today. I've planted a seed, right? Not going to uh, uh, force that door open and uh, become a nuisance to the person that I'm talking to, right? Um, understanding the basics of the gospel. Does everyone in the church understand the basic tenets of the gospel? And I mean, an understanding of it that you could give it back to me in your own words, not like you've memorized a script. Especially young people, they pick up on that very easy, right? It's not about memorizing a script. There's just a few basics. And if we understand that, then it can just come out naturally. Um, again, presenting the gospel in a non-threatening way, um, leading someone in prayer. Okay, if it gets to that point where you discern that that they're ready and you can, I, ha I hate to use the word close the sale, but I think business people will understand that that there is a there is a time there is an opening um, where people are ready, and and you know that in the spirit. And you can invite them to pray with you uh, and uh, know, knowing when that happens. And then, of course, following up with those who come to Christ. We don't uh, <laughs> it's hard enough. Right. For us to walk day by day, we need friends. We need the body of Christ. We need. Hey, how you doing? We need, you know, especially newcomers in Christ. I got a lot of questions and we don't have to answer all the questions but we can lead them to a place to find those answers and then we can grow right along with them, et cetera, et cetera. So those kinds of things we want to look at because hopefully, and one of the things that I've talked to with the other uh, pastors as we go into these series of meetings, hopefully through COVID, hopefully through the chaos, hopefully through this thing going in the back of our minds with the floods and are we in the end times? Hopefully those things that are stirring in people's hearts will open them up to a place of conversation, open them up to a place of seeking 
because they're looking at a world where all the fame and the fortune and all the other stuff, it ain't working. People who have deep needs, people who have been just going through chaos and trial and storm and, and don't know where to turn. And we've got those people in our spheres of influence. And maybe, just maybe, as we pray, God will open those doors and we'll have an opportunity to share with them. This could be unprecedented in our day, in our, our time. All these things that we see on the, that were just the confusion and all this kind of stuff, that God could be setting this all together to start opening people's hearts to look for more. And where are they going to find the way, the truth, and the life from you and me? Amen? Amen. John 20. Let me close with this. John 20, beginning of verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the father has sent me. Church, even so, I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You see the call, the sending each of us sent to our sphere, but not alone, right? Not alone with the Holy Spirit. He is the love of God reaching through us to guide us, to tell us when doors are open or shut, to give us words that it's like, I, I wasn't planning to say this, and all of a sudden there it is, because that's just what that person needed to hear. The Holy Spirit, the same one in the book of Acts that you see doing all kinds of wonderful, neat things, is the same Holy Spirit living in you and I when we receive Jesus. We don't do this alone. He is with us every step of the way. So let's grab a hold of our calling. Let's grab a hold of who we are as ambassadors from heaven to earth. And let's make this time, 2021, this season, Let's make it fruitful for the kingdom of God. Amen. Even yeah, if that means uh, grabbing a hold of one of these games so we can minister to these children. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you <laughs> that you would, that you'd pick us, Lord. You know us, you know our quirks, you know our faults, our failures, etc. You know none of us are perfect. And yet you still choose us, each one of us with that unique sphere that you would reach through us with your love and touch the lives of people for all of eternity. Help us, Lord, this morning to grab a hold of that calling, to grab a hold of that identity that we might reach this world for you. We thank you. We give you all the glory, Lord. Through Jesus we pray.